Good morning. Good morning. And what a wonderful morning it is. Wet and wild and all those things. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and get started here with our uh, Sunday school lesson. Um, so we will get started with a word of prayer. And I think uh, Brother Mark is on the phone, are you not? Did I hear you? They want you. Yeah, he's here, Sister Radcliffe. Well, he lead us. No, no, up? he stepped away. He stepped away. Okay. <laughs> then I guess that means you will lead us in prayer this morning. Okay. <laughs> Opening. Thank you. All right. Lord, thank you so much. We thank you so much for all you do. We thank you so much that we can always um, turn to you. You are such a mighty God. Father, we thank you because um, we realize that uh, in you, we live and move and we have our very being, Lord. We thank you so much, God, that our life is hidden in you. Father, um, we do not take for granted all that you have done, all that you constantly do, and all that you will continue to do um, in our life, in the life of the church, in our leaders. Father, um, bless this time. Speak, speak, speak to us, Lord, this morning. Um, we thank you so much for our pastor, and uh, we cannot say how much we appreciate him for just his diligence in trying to give us your word and teach us how to walk therein. Thank you once again for who you are. We thank you so much, Lord. We praise you in your son's name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sister Lucia. It is with great pleasure that we continue our service today, although, you know, we would much rather have been in person, but being obedient to the laws of the land and following those things we understand. So, we're going to continue now. This, uh, we're in this quarter Sunday school lesson, uh, Kings and Leaders of Israel. And we are studying, this is still in unit two, uh, about Saul, a flawed king. And so today's lesson for August 2nd, uh, lesson nine, the subject, the title of today's lesson is Saul's Disobedience Under Pressure. And the uh, lesson text is taken from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 13, verses 5 through 14. And we have some related scriptures that's related to this lesson found in Numbers 18, um, verses 1 through 7, 2 Chronicles, chapter 26, verses 16 through 21, Psalm 50, verses 7 through 15, and the book of Acts, chapter 13, verses 21 through 23. The time of this lesson is recorded as 1041 BC, and the place is Mismash in Gilgal. The golden text read, and Samuel said to Saul, thou hast done foolishly, thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee, for now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. That's 1 Samuel 13 and 13. 
Do we have a volunteer on the line that would like to read today's introduction? Sister Radcliffe, I'll read it. Thank you, Sister Clara. Are you impatient? Most of us will admit that we can be more patient. In fact, some of us are like the man who prayed, Lord, give me patience and give it to me right now. Rarely do we like to wait, and it is prob probably more difficult to wait in today's world where instant communication and fast service are part of everyday living. Nevertheless, we must learn to wait. Failure to do so can even lead to, lead to disaster. Waiting on the Lord is perhaps the most difficult challenge we encounter, simply because we often assume we know what is best. Even more presumptuous, presumptu presumptuous on occasion, we think we know exactly what God's will is when he has not revealed it. One of the most famous statements in scripture is Isaiah 43, excuse me, 40 and 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. Thank you, Sister Clara. So um, our lesson today is in three outlines. The first one is Saul and the people fear defeat. That's verses five through seven. Number two is Saul gives into fear, verses eight through 12. And thirdly, Saul's foolish decision, verses 13 to 14. And just before uh, the pastor come uh, to bring us this lesson, I'd just like to go over what today's aim of this lesson is. It says, the fact is to realize that man's best laid plans are disastrous, disasters waiting to happen if we're not seeking the Lord. And the principle of it is to know the danger of telling God what we want and then expecting him to follow us. And the application of today's lesson is to accept that the only way to live a blessed life is to follow the Lord without reservation or second guessing. So at this point, that's gonna end our opening and we're gonna give over to Pastor Seawright to continue this lesson for us. Thank you, Sister Clora and Sister Lucille. Hey man, uh, can everyone hear me? Just making sure. I can. Yes, sir. Amen. You know this. Uh, this passage is. Uh, I can't say that it's my favorite uh, passage, but I can't say it's one of my favorites. Uh, and it's because it is so uh, applicable to life. Uh, in my mind, I can readily see how. Um, it's, uh, once again, applicable to this Christian walk. Um, this morning, it was interesting, the television was on and I saw a, uh, an interview and Willie Geist was interviewing Viola Davis. And uh, Willie Geist, uh, he set the stage up for the interview by explaining uh, Viola Davis's humble beginnings how she was um, very poor and uh, she had two sisters and uh, 
and uh, they lived in uh, Rhode Island or something on that line. And, um, you know, it was most times they lived in condemned homes and uh, the situation was really bad. When Viola Davis came on and started the interview and she reviewed her past, she was saying, she, she confirmed that it was a lot of, a lot of uh, condemned housing during her childhood. She remembered times in which there were, uh, you know, not running water. Um, and um, she nevertheless said that, you know, she and her sisters, um, you know, they tried to, they made the best of it. And there were some good times and there were some dark times as well. But um, in saying that, it, it gives uh, perspective. And when you look at the first, uh, the first book of Samuel, you'll see that Samuel always tried to make sure that you, get, you had perspective. Uh, and and uh, Viola, she said that her life now, now that she's rich and she has money and things of that nature, she still has perspective because she said she was once Pope. That's without the, the that's without the second, you know, O.R. She was Pope, you know, and uh, she said that was a stage below Paul. But she says, um, as Willie Geis asked her the question, you know, do you ever think of that little girl, uh, meaning herself, back during those times? And she says, every time I open the refrigerator, every time I flush the toilet. Every time I cut on hot water, she says, I think of that little girl. She says, so yes, she's with me every day. Samuel did the same thing and he gave Israel perspective. Each time that he approached a situation with them, he gave them perspective. From the 11th chapter all the way through this 13th chapter, you'll see times in which Samuel gave the nation perspective. He first stated, he said, remember, you know, where you came. Let's see how we got here to this situation in the 13th chapter. And he said, it first came about when uh, you all had asked for a king. You asked for a, a, a man, a mortal king, like all the other nations. Samuel started off in the 12th chapter saying, uh, have I ever done you all wrong? Have I ever stole your oxen? Have I ever, you know, did this, that, and the other? If I have, then, you know, let's come to terms right now and let's get this thing together because I'm willing to get it right if I have. The, the people said, no, you never slighted us. You never done anything wrong to us. He goes on in that 12th chapter to say how God delivered them from Egypt, how God uh, delivered them through Moses and Aaron. Then he goes down and says, then the Lord had given you judges and, and he gave you uh, Gideon and others to come and, and rescue you. Every time you had called on him, gave you Samson and other judges. And every time, you know, you, you called on God, after you did what you wanted to do, you called on God, he still came and, and, and sent folks to deliver you. He delivered you out of those situations. And yet you ask for someone else other than him. You ask for someone else other than him. And the people 
they started shaking in their boots. They, they saw what they did wrong because Samuel gave them, as I stated, that perspective. And oftentimes we get in jams and we get in situations even today because we lose perspective. And we, we know, you know, if we're thinking right, God has set the stage. He has given us all the blessings that we need as is stated in Ephesians. He's given us all blessings in heavenly places. But all of a sudden, when we lose perspective, all of a sudden our, our, our minds begin to shift and, and we start thinking of things differently. And we start thinking uh, God has abandoned us or we don't have all that we need. And we get uh, messed up and twisted. And that's how the Israelites uh, got themselves in a situation once again, where they was messed up and twisted, but God still in his mercy said, hey, even though you made these decisions, I'm still going to make the best of it. As long as you and your king obey, as long as you and your king obey, you will be blessed. You'll be blessed. So I'm still showing you mercy. I'm still showing you grace. As long as your king and you remain obedient, trust and obey, you'll be blessed. And that sets the stage in the background for where we are right now in verse, I mean, in uh, the 13th chapter of 1 Samuel. Anyone else want to add to that background or anything I stated? you um, may have uh, kind of touched you to to add something to it. I'll give that room right now. Man, if not, then let's get into uh, the verses. The uh, first verse, or the fifth verse of the 13th uh, chapter of 1 Samuel says this, and the Philistines gathered themselves together to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen and people as the sand which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and pitched in Mishmash, eastward from beth Avon. And I'll read six as well. But the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait for the people were distressed. Then the people did hide themselves in caves and in thickets and in rocks and in high places and in pits. Any comments? What did you all gather in your studies this week on these two verses? Because of the number of the Philistines that was coming against them, Israel was terrified. They were shaking in their boots. Mm -hmm. But it was as a result of an earlier encounter where I think Jonathan had gone against them and had overcome the, had overcome the Philistines. But they were determined that they were not going to stay down. And the fact that they came back so strong and with so many... Israel were, they were terrified. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, and also, also they felt <clears throat> that 
that from the uh, uh, time when Jonathan defeated them, that they was embarrassed because a lot of them just took off and ran. And so they want to show and be forceful that this time, you know, here we going to stand, you know. And so that's why they came with the message they did because they were so embarrassed of the way that uh, they were defeated when it came to uh, uh, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Any further comments? Man, and that's exactly part of the background as uh, was stated. There was a battle. Uh, there was a garrison that uh, Jonathan had uh, attacked. And he was successful in that attack. Uh, um, he attacked a little small regiment of, uh, of the Philistines. And um, after that defeat, that roused the Philistines. See, the Philistines, as, as the lesson uh, points out, their goal wasn't to necessarily just demolish Israel. Their goal was to keep them under control. And that defeat by Jonathan had shown that these folks weren't uh, staying within the lines and the perimeters that they had set. So they wanted to go and establish, uh, you know, control again. And so they came out, you know, in an impre- in impressive numbers to show Israel that, hey, you know, you need to, you need to stay in your lane, so to speak. And these numbers, if you all remember in your study, they said that uh, there were some uh, scribes that may have made some errors in these numbers. Um, if you read John MacArthur, John MacArthur states that the numbers, uh, if you look at them from our lesson of 30,000 and 6,000 horsemen, they don't quite add up because there's not enough uh, men to cover the amount of chariots that they're stating. So most scholars believe that the numbers was more or less not 30,000, but more like 3,000 possibly. And so that's how they reconcile uh, this verse. They said, nevertheless, that's really not the main point. The main point is that they were, Israel was at a serious disadvantage here. It was so at a disadvantage that, uh, uh, that, they began to, in verse six, they began to uh, see what tight situation that they were in. It was such a tight situation that folks just found places to hide. They hid up, they hid down, they hid east, they hid west. They tried to basically clear the place because they didn't want any part of this fight that was going on. So it was such a number and it was such a clear disadvantage that folks once again lost perspective, lost who God was in the, in, in the midst of this, this test. They lost, the, they lost perspective, put their eyes off God and began to put their eyes on the numbers of the Philistine. And then all of a sudden in the process, they lose faith. Any further comments? On these two verses, hey, brother Teacher, um, uh, the uh, Israelites um, just they vacillated a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, even after Samuel had spoke to him and told him just 
just a previous chapter and mustered 300,000, you know, and, you know, just depleted. Um, Jonathan was a mighty, one of the mighty men of valor, which was Saul's son. Mm -hmm. And he wreaked havoc on those Philistines. Just one man, just one. And that did not resonate in their minds that God was with that brother. And that uh, regardless, Moses says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. How many times have God had come to their rescues when, when they was in dire and big time trouble with the Philistines, these guys. They, Philistines just used them and, and, and here, uh, uh, they only had like 600 men. Everybody went to their, you know, just. <laughs> and then when they saw the army, Philistines reasoned that they had no kind of way to have any swords or horse or chariots or nothing like that. The Philistines, Philistines said, we're going to get them back. They didn't even think about Jonathan all that he did, that they was going to come up against a, a, a Jonathan who they did not kill. But mm -hmm. the people they just wouldn't rally, man, and just just was just scared, and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and they even left the leader, which was Saul, in the same state. <laughs> yeah. So here, here they are, man, just like mincemeat at mishmash. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It became mincemeat. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I, yeah, and it's it's interesting because you made me think of uh, something else. Uh, uh, God had, as I stated, you know, uh, God had shown time and time again, you know, that uh, if you if you just don't lose perspective, you'll understand that he's been there all the time and he will continue to be with you, right? He's giving you what you need to get through this situation, Saul, and the people of Israel. He's giving you time and time again um, what you need to get through the situation. Uh, and, and it's funny because he gives them a hint even as to where the uh, Philistine army was stationed. They were stationed in Mismash and eastward from Beth Haven. Beth Haven, when you look up uh, that, <laughs> it means house of nothingness. House of nothingness. So even where they, where, even the places uh, even describe that, you know, what this is about and what this what these Philistines are trying to show you, it ain't nothing because your God has it under control. When we look at Saul's situation, once again, we see that Saul came from a prestigious family. Saul, you know, in his life, he, he had um, been anointed first king of Israel. Saul had defeated the Ammonites just before this lesson. He defeated them handily. God had came upon him, the Holy Spirit came upon him and moved him and he defeated that those folks that were, they were, they were wicked. They were gouging out the right eyes of every uh, person that they conquered. God had still set the stage for their victory and he was going to continue to set the stage for their victory, but gotta push this point even more. When you lose perspective, you all of a sudden see things differently and you and it blinds you from seeing that God is there and God will deliver you once again. If he did it before, he can do it again. 
Amen. And it goes, he goes on to say in verse seven, and some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. Verse eight, and he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. Let's tackle these two verses. What would you guys gather from your studies this week? Anyone? Well, Samuel had told him that he would come after seven days. And so he was, he was there waiting on Samuel because I, I'm, Samuel has the word of the Lord, the word from the Lord, right? And this, this is what he's waiting on. And when he, uh, at that time when Samuel wasn't there, by the time they assumed that he should have been, his men began to leave him. They were scattering. And, 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 and he's at this point now where he's figured, I got to do something because pretty soon I'm going to be the only one here. They're, they're leaving him. They're scattering, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. Anyone else? And it was still the same. They were, they were, they were deserting him because of the same fear that others had already hid. What that they were hiding themselves. You know, they were actually fearing for their lives. So uh, at this point, even though uh, Saul has been successful in in defeating the the battles before this. Uh, this didn't look good for them, so they're they're scattering. They're they're leaving. They're they're anxious about it. They're fearful. It seems like uh, to me um, that you would think that Saul would be trying to encourage his uh, men and to lift them up, but it seems like because of his. Uh, beings, they must saw some fearful in something, fear in him. Of course. And because that's because a lot of time when you in a situation like that, you look to the leader, and mm -hmm. and the leader is what what the strength supposed to come from. But because he wasn't in the will of God, they didn't see it. And they more or less uh, separated because they didn't see what they were looking for in the leader. I, that's what I got out of it. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and two, brother, um, uh, Saul, to that what uh, uh, Elder said, um, his um, just, just being coronated as king and uh, what Samuel said, look at, it, look at him, he's, a, he's a, a shoulder above everybody, you know, and he looks good, you know, and all of that. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just was, it was just like, and the people saw that. They said, long live the king. You know, and uh, uh, he, like you said, he defeated the Malachites. What happened in, in that short period of time? Though Samuel said he was gone just to see what a king, this is God, I believe, just to see what a king would do 
when adverse situations come up. And this is what's happening. This man melted away. Mm-hmm. And the people saw that. And he didn't, he didn't say, he didn't, he didn't sound no trumpet. That's so simple. Oh, God has got the victory like a Joshua and got a Caleb. We can take them, you know, <laughs> giants in the land. We look like grasshoppers. We can take them. It wasn't out of Joshua bone in his body or Caleb. And this dude, man, he just, and the people saw him. And they, and they're not being, not rallying them together like, like, like he should have. They dispersed. And it was only a handful of them that were really, really scared. And even saw. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, yeah, he wasn't, uh, uh, at this particular time, he wasn't that leader uh, that he was earlier and had confidence. Why? Because Samuel was near and, and all it is, maybe that was uh, his confidence. But he definitely became insecure at this particular time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah, these, these, are some, uh, these are some telling verses. You know, if you read some commentary, commentators, they'll tell you that, uh, you know, this, 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 this shows you, um, this shows you a very important part uh, of this whole story. These, these two, uh, these two verses as probably as well as uh, the next two. They say that you, you really examine these four and you kind of see what 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 the point is all about, as Worsby always states, he says the the uh, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart, and that's what this situation was uh, doing. It was showing you what was in the hearts. This situation here, this hard pressed situation that Saul was in, it was going to ooze out what was in the heart all along. It was going to show you because uh, once again, one of the commentators stated uh, a faith that's, that can't be tested and, and a faith worth, worth having. And this is what was happening here. It was a time in which if you look at the, uh, the optics of it, it seems like you're defeated. It seems like you're going to get whooped. But by faith, you know that God like I said, if he did it before, he can do it again. The folks, not only did they follow Saul, they followed Saul in the seventh verse, and all the people followed him trembling. They were scared in their boots while they were following uh, Saul. You got to remember, they were torn even, even as they were following him at this point. Those who decided to stay, they were still scared. Saul was concerned too. But yet, you're right, uh, as one of you stated, maybe his backup was Samuel. Samuel had told him to, to uh, wait seven days, and he did wait those seven days. Now, there was some different perspective as, uh, as to if he waited after the seven day and then decided to do something, or did he wait uh, like right at that seventh day to do something, to, to do this um, sacrifice, and we'll see. So he goes on to say that uh, in the eighth verse, it says, and he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But 
Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattering from, from him, from Saul. They were scattering from Saul. So all of a sudden, Saul's numbers became, came from 2,000 men he had for himself, 2,000 men or more he had for himself. And remember, in the earlier chapters, he had 3,000 total he gave. He gave his son, Jonathan, a thousand to work with. But at this point, his numbers were 2,000 and upward. And then all of a sudden, now it's dwindled down to some say probably about 600 men because everyone else started scattering and running away. So he found himself in a hard place at this time. And it sets the stage because all the way in the 10th chapter, 8th verse, Samuel had told him, if you, if you recall, Samuel had told him to wait seven days, right? And um, so that was a test. And now this seven days was a test as well. Some people, by the way, think that those two uh, seven days, the seven day in the 10th chapter and the seven days, in this chapter, they're talking about the same seven days. So I don't want to forget to say that. Others feel that they were two different set of days. But the point is, is that it was a test. And it was a test that was going to show what was really in Saul's heart at this time. Any other comments on these two verses? Yeah, that seven day, that seven day is, a, uh, you know, seven is perfection. Yeah. yeah, and uh, uh, this guy, man, uh, it, it, when these guys started departing, uh, his faith started to do the same thing, and uh, uh, he could not wait. And it's it's not to say he did not Samuel did not come. He did not come at Saul's appointed time. Yeah, Samuel was going to come at God's appointed time. Mm -hmm. And whatever part of the day that was, uh, even if it got down to two, mm -hmm. that was the test. And, and God would have came in like a flood. Yeah. Because all he had to do was obey. Yeah. But, uh, uh, <laughs> here yeah. We are. yeah. And, and that's, a, that's a great point because, see, you know, some say Samuel may have come after. The right. seventh, but others say no. Samuel was on time. Yes, <laughs> Samuel came on time, uh, and and most believe the way this thing went down. Samuel came on that seventh day, but he just didn't come like early in the morning, or he didn't come and show his face early enough to mm. where uh, Saul just said, "Hey, you know, time's up. You know, I've been waiting six days." And now it just turned 12 a.m. Time's up. <laughs> so it's seven yeah, days. The eleventh hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he wanted to do something. And, and verse and verses nine and ten goes to say, and Saul said, "Bring hither a burnt offering to me, and peace offering." And he offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, behold. Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him. 
What, what's going on here? But besides Saul jacking up, what's going on here? <laughs> well, Saul knew that he had done that. So now he's coming to, you know, start with his excuses. Why I did it. You know, here, here, here's what I've done, but here's why I did it kind of thing. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That is it. Yeah. Any, any further comment? Yeah, he usurped authority. And uh, that position of, uh, though it did say that uh, others, other kings, David did, and some of the others, you know, uh, offered uh, sacrifices to the Lord, you know. But here, you know, it's because they were in the will of God. Uh, Sam, I mean, I saw at this particular time was not. He was told to wait. And this peace offering, offering and uh, uh, whatever the offering was, it was not his responsibility to do that. But for some reason, he knew what to do. <laughs> and uh, 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 Samuel, being priest and prophet and judge, that was his. That was his responsibility. And mm -hmm. so he usurped the authority of Samuel. And yeah. out of disobedience, he did that. Mm -hmm. All right. Any further comments? So he mentioned that other kings have offered sacrifices, but but in most cases that was a sacrifice of praise after God had delivered them or had given them victory. This is Saul in a different, trying to in, evoke God to give him the victory. This is the way I see it, but it don't have to be that way. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just the opposite. Okay. You know, I, I, I want to refer to um, the MacArthur Study Bible. He had an interesting note for verse 9 of this chapter. He says, Saul's sin was not specifically that he made a sacrifice but that he did not wait for priestly assistance from Samuel. He wished for, he wished to rule as an autocrat who possessed absolute power in civil and sacred matters. Samuel had warned or had wanted rather the seven days as a test of Saul's character and obedience to God but Saul failed it by invading the priestly office himself. See, it, 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 when times get hard and you lose perspective, all of a sudden your judgment and your actions uh, follow suit. Because once again, this situation was, was, was oozing out what was in the heart all along. You know, if you had no faith at all, then that's what was going to come out if you were faithless. Um, if you remember in earlier chapters, it said that um, all of a sudden uh, Saul was walking and then the spirit came on him and made him another man. However, it didn't say that the spirit made him a new man, <laughs> as one commentator stated. It didn't make him a new man made him another man for the occasion. And that's what the spirit did, made him another man on occasion. But it never said that he was made a new man. 
right? And here's a situation, once again, it's showing what was in Saul's heart. Saul didn't wait. Saul, Saul knew what to do. He was told what to do. He was told to wait. Wait, wait on Samuel. Samuel was clear with him. Very, uh, not very often do we uh, get these clear messages like, you know, somebody looking at you face to face and saying, you know, the Lord said, wait, you know, uh, God's man just coming and looking at you dead in your face and saying, wait. And yet he did not wait. He still took matters into his own hands because he was looking at the situation. His men were, were fleeing and uh, the numbers kept going down and he figured out that, hey, I need to do something right here. And as soon as he did the act, all of a sudden, here comes Samuel. And Samuel, uh, <laughs> Samuel uh, came and Saul went out to meet him. That took some guts, you know, because you, Saul felt justified in his actions. He was like, hey, you know, um, I ain't got nothing to hide. I'm, I'm gonna go out in and pretty much tell him what's up. I'm gonna salute him and, and I ain't got nothing to hide. I mean, it, you know, I was in a tight spot. So, uh, you know, I, I feel I can justify my actions here, right? And let's see how that went down. Said in, in verses 11 and 12, and Samuel said, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me and that thou come, camest not within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered together, uh, gathered themselves together at mismatch. Therefore said I, the Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself therefore and offered a burnt offering. <laughs> what, what was Saul's position here? How did this conversation go? And what I see it there, it was everything he was saying was about him. Ah. You know, uh -huh. coming down on me. And I saw, you know, those words right there, you know, it tell us that at least it shows us what wasn't in his heart, and that was the Lord. And I think the message that we can get, even as today, is that we can't, it always depends on somebody else's, you know, uh, our faith, you know, when they come to crisis and thing, that individual or somebody might not make it there in time or be around when we necessarily think we in need. So we must have it, you know, that relationship for ourselves. But I think God, uh, Saul's problem was more he had a self-problem. And mm -hmm. I mean, why, uh, you know, the fear was uh, so, you know, noticeable for his men because he figured that it was all about him, you know, and everything was about him. So that's mm -hmm. what I said. And I want to jump in right here because I, I just want to amen what you just said because uh, that, that's exactly uh, uh, what struck me as well is that, uh, see, the theme of Samuel's life, theme of Samuel's life was here am I. 
here am I. If you look when he was a child, you know, uh, Eli, Eli told him, hey, the next time you hear that voice, say, right? And every time he dealt with the people, he was more or less saying, here am I. In the 12th chapter here, he stood before the people and he said, here am I. That was the theme of Samuel's life. However, the theme of Saul's life was, where is mine? Where is mine? And, and that itself, it, it shows you the choices uh, within this Christian walk. You're going to either walk this walk of this Christian life and live this Christian life with an attitude towards ministry and say, here am I, Lord. Here am I. Use me. Or are you going to approach this Christian walk from a where is mine perspective? Where is mine, right? You're going to approach it from a, a, an angle of, Lord, make me a blessing. Or are you going to approach it from an angle of, where is my blessing, right? Amen. And, and, and that's how, you know, that's the decision you, that's the decision that's before us as in this Christian walk. Do we want to be ministered to or do we want to be ministers, right? Because I promise you, if you take the route of ministering, you will be ministered to, right? You will be ministered to. However, in this Christian walk, we have got to make that decision. That's why, once again, uh, Samuel said, it's about, uh, it's about a heart. It, this thing is a heart matter. It's a heart matter. And what flows from that heart, is it, is it going to be a heart of service or is it going to be a heart of selfishness? Is it going to be here am I or is it going to be where is mine? Is it going to be make me a blessing or is it going to be where is my blessing? Uh, you're going to have to make that choice as a Christian. That's why this, this, that this, passage and this story is very relevant to this Christian world. So if you go to the route, of, if you go the route of saying here, you know, where is mine? Or where's my blessing? Where's my, you know, where's my this? Where's my that? Then all of a sudden you will start making decisions as if just like in the, in the uh, introduction to the Sunday school lesson, you'll start making uh, decisions as if you know better than God. You know, so since God did not come, since Samuel did not come, then let me go ahead and, and, and figure this thing out. And, and God ain't gonna have no problem with Amen. sacrifice to him. You know, I can sacrifice, God ain't gonna have no, I mean, this is, this is in his name. I'm sacrificing to him. He ain't gonna have a problem with this, I'm gonna go ahead and do this. So he shouldn't have a problem with this, but it goes down to obedience. What did he tell you to do? What did he tell you to do? And he makes it so clear in his word as to what you need to do, what we need to do. And then all of a sudden here Samuel, come, I mean, here Saul comes out and Saul came out with what? And he learned it from Adam and Eve. He came out with what? Right. Right. Excuses. He came out with excuses. Right. He came out excuses. He first. He first blamed who? Samuel. 
<laughs> exactly. Right. Said, God. He said Samuel, right? He, he said pretty much Samuel, you didn't come, right? Mm. Right? He said, yeah. Samuel said, What uh what has thou done? I saw and then Saul said, because I saw that the people, so the first thing he blamed it on was the people what? Scattered. Scattered. He said, Amen. I thought the people were scattered from me and that thou camest not. That's when he said, Samuel, uh, you didn't come at the appointed time, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he said, the people scattered, Samuel didn't come. And then the third thing he said, the Philistines gathered themselves together at mismatch. Had his list. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 there, so there's the situation any comments any further comments yeah pastor what i see several things here um in in these two uh verses here that just kind of jump out at me and mm -hmm. uh what, what i see here is that uh, uh as it has been said that that saul started out making excuses for what he had done so he probably had already devised in his mind what he was going to say should uh, Samuel finally show up but what he did was he, he said I saw I saw so what he did was he, he demonstrated that he was going by sight and not by faith for the, the just are going to walk by faith and they're not going to walk by sight so Amen. he's looking at the situation and the circumstances around him and he began to talk about what he saw with his physical eyes and that was the people had scattered from him uh, and that, that, you know, it was getting late. It was getting in the 11th hour and, and Samuel hadn't showed up. So he started taking things into his own hands. Uh, he, he was already the king, but now he's talking about, you know, what I, what I saw. But then he began to make pronouncements as well. And what did he say? Uh, he said, you didn't come. And, and uh, within the amount of days that the Philistines started gathering there together, and he's talking about what he saw. But then he said, therefore said I, the Philistines will come. So now he's starting to act like he's a prophet, right? This is what's going to happen. I know that there, this is gonna happen. They will come down now upon me to Galgal and have not made supplication unto the Lord. So he's talking about what will happen. So now he wants to make some kind of prophetic utterance about what is going to happen and what will happen. And then he is going to now step out of his role into the role of the priests, right? Uh, so he was already king, and now he want to act like a prophet, and then he going to take and usurp the role of the priest as well. So as it has been said, it all became about him. But then he tried to, to, to make it okay because he said, I forced myself, therefore, which <laughs> means there was a conflict. There was a struggle within his mind. Uh, he, he, he knew to do good, but he did it not. And as a result of him not doing what he was supposed to do and him violating his own conscience, it was sin to him because the scripture says that to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So we see here on many instances that uh, Saul was wrong. Uh, he had the role of king, which had been given to him. Right. Uh, he tried to take upon himself in this situation the role of a prophet talking about what will happen. And then before that, he had already uh, usurped authority from Samuel doing the role of the priest. And then he began, as it has been said, to make many, many excuses 
for the wrong that he knew to be wrong in his own heart. And he violated his own conscience because he had to force himself to do that which he knew was wrong. Yeah. No. <laughs> and I read, I read somewhere um, in one of the, one of the, by one of the uh, writers, he said, when you read that part where he ended up saying, I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering, he, he said, <laughs> they said that was, uh, that, that was so fake. <laughs> right. That was, that was so fake. It was almost like he, you know, it was like fake, fake drama. I, yep. I forced, yep. Disingenuous. I forced myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One know, of those, man. One of the things that I find interesting in these verses too, and and the, the the danger that we also have to be prayerful about, is this false sense of unity, right? So looking at mm-hmm. these verses, I get the we get the impression, and you know, it's discussed in terms of Saul's ulterior motives and and where he went wrong, but is ultimately under the guise of unity, right? I want to unify my people, right? against the entity uh against uh the the philistines um uh and in order to do that i have devised or i devised this plan see we have to be careful that we don't uh um uh, try to develop unity without spiritual discernment right if there had been a caveat for Samuel to say, if I don't get back in this, obviously it's not in scripture, but it had, if it had been a caveat, if I don't get back to this particular time, uh, you take over. That wasn't the case whatsoever. But how many times have people tried to, to, to bring people together as if numbers, right? As if, the, as if numbers demonstrate mm-hmm. uh, that what they're trying to do is in line with God's plan. Um, someone said, uh, the, the, the church is one place where democracy doesn't necessarily reign. It doesn't matter how many people you have in mind or what you try to do. If it's not in keeping with what the word of God and what God has said, and for us through this, this discerning through the Holy Spirit and reading the scriptures, it doesn't matter what our, our uh, guise is, it still goes against and actually leads to disunity. Amen. Could I say this? Um, One thing we must understand, anytime when God isn't in the mix, and especially here we see where God wasn't nowhere in Samuel's heart, you know, you're going to have this disillusion where you're going to come up and see things, maybe even things that are not really happening, or maybe not as, as you think it is. Uh, remind me of a scripture back there with Elijah, uh, his prophet, when they were surrounded. And the, the servant was so fearful and everything until the prophet had to pray that God open up his eyes, let him see that there is more with us than against us. Yeah, yeah. So when the Lord is in the mix, when he is in our heart, and maybe just that where. Uh, uh, Saul jumped the gun because that what he thought, you know, it's a, it's, I'm going to tell you, it's a terrible thing. When we through our ideas, thoughts, and suggestions, when God is not there, you'll see things maybe there that maybe not. So, you know, yeah, it was in danger. Yes, the enemy was all around it, but he been, they've been around it. I mean, this was the seventh day, you know, so he's been in the mix. 
You know, it may be that's what made him rush the gun because it's what I saw and what I think. And, and I always have a problem with that I, I stuff. <laughs> All right. Amen. And I'm going to read the last two verses so we can comment on those. And it says, And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Wow. What what is being stated in these last two verses? Oh, to see right um going to verse 13 you know it says how sammy said thou has done foolishly and you haven't kept the commandment of the lord it makes me think of um i guess maybe how nervous saul must have been um when the people were leaving and maybe they were taunting him like why aren't you doing something about this and so he felt like maybe he was in a rock and a hard place but see, the answer probably should have been, I am doing something. I'm waiting on God. And, and the thing about it is, we are not so good at waiting. You know, as a people, we, especially now, we want stuff done quick in a hurry. And we want to be problem solvers and take care of it. And the whole waiting on God thing is kind of sometimes foreign to us. <laughs> um, so um, we you know, the, his answer should have been, I, I am, I am doing something. I'm, I'm waiting on God. And, and had he continued and that's very hard. I mean, I can't judge Saul for that because I think that, you know, we have trouble waiting too. That's difficult to do. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah. Any, any further comments? One of the things that jumps out at me immediately is the fact that, um, that Samuel sat there long enough to entertain the excuses that Saul had made uh, and looking at King, uh, King Saul as being the king and Samuel uh, being uh, God's prophet, it almost seems as though he, he didn't even miss a beat. He listened to everything he said, listened to the rationale, the reason why he did what he did. And his first response to Saul was, thou hast done foolishly. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when you look at this this term uh, fool, foolish. Some of the things mine is, is that uh, you know the fool has said in his heart there is no God. That's a hard, a harsh uh, uh, condemnation upon a person, and 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 it almost would seem as though uh, uh, it, it was not just one act that caused him to uh, uh, to say this about uh, uh, Saul, but this was a a habit that Saul had that this was part of his character, that his actions and his words demonstrated what was in his character. And that is the thing that, that not only God was interested in bringing out, but that, that Samuel wanted to bring out as well uh, in him waiting seven days. And, and then he gave him the reason, thou hast not kept the commandment, commandment. of thy God, uh, which he commanded thee. And it was, again, it was disobedience, acting outside of what God said. 
So there, there is a danger in not doing what God said, but there's also a danger in doing more than what God said to do. And we see that this is what uh, Saul's problem was. He, he just, he missed the mark. He, he uh, failed to do what God told him to do, and he went beyond what God told him to do. And as a result of that, we see an extreme consequence uh, that followed uh, after that. And, and this was a judgment from God where that role that he had was now about to be taken and given to another. It wasn't a matter of, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to take this from you and then we're going to have to see who we're going to put in your place. Uh, he, he's saying that the Lord had already sought after this man and man after God's own heart, making the contrast that the person that God had sought and found was a man after God's heart, God's own heart, but Saul was not. So this was a, a serious condemnation that came upon Saul uh, as a result of, of uh, his, uh, the, the, the revelation that came to, to, Saul, to Samuel regarding his character, uh, his level of faith, uh, and, and, the, and the, the, uh, the content of his character. Amen. Amen. Further comments? Yeah, I, I, it was just when I was sitting here listening to all this, you know, we the main subject is that obedience is better than sacrifice. Remind me, in our day, today, I know back in history, uh, uh, I think Elder Mack probably I, I know about this too, being in the military, that we have had uh, leaders in the military that led platoons and in battle, in war, especially like Vietnam, different places. I, I noticed one particular uh, 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 leader his father was, uh, I think, a general, and he was uh, leading his platoon. And sort of like, that's what happened with him. He wanted to be like his father. It's always been in his heart to be like his dad, to be a hero. So he took his platoon uh, and led them and disobeyed the order and then and went and didn't follow the rule of law when it came to fighting a war to where he lost his, his life and everyone under him. Amen. 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 Any questions? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but teacher, uh, uh, though Saul found a lot of excuses, like it was said earlier, um, uh, he, was, uh, he was given, I know lessons that he was given Samuel what he thought was very logical. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, he sinned with an open hand. And in these last two verses, Samuel is giving him the consequences of what he, of what he did. And uh, yeah, he was, he said, and in other words, you, you, you acted, uh, you was a fool in how you made this decision. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, this is not what uh, the Lord wanted, you know, but uh, uh, this is, uh, he, he broke these commandments. He did not consider what God had said in regards to how things are supposed to be. And he said, well, you didn't come back. You didn't come on that on the day that you said. But he did. That was a lie in itself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Soon after he offered that sacrifice, who showed up, Sam? Right, right. I mean, we don't know what the time factor was, but it was just like right then, boom, there's Samuel. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it... His, I guess his mouth must have dropped. I don't know how he looked. His countenance became, but uh, he started, you know, just saying that all of this. And but he sinned with an open hand, just like Adam and Eve did. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he and he wasn't really qualified for that position. But this that was the test. 
And so Samuel said, hey, you failed miserably. Mm -hmm. uh, God is looking for somebody after his own heart. Even though David, you know, we see uh, what he did and this and that. But before that, David was a man after God's own heart. Though mm -hmm. David was human just like everybody else. But nonetheless, uh, when he did see that what had happened, Saul didn't say, I've seen. David did. <laughs> it was but nonetheless, uh, we see here, you know, that, yeah, God is looking with, and this is, he's, this is what uh, is a message to us today. God is looking for folk in the Lord today after his heart, who's going to be about his business. It ain't, I saw it and I thought this. No, you're right, Elder, Elder Lester, it's an itis problem around me. But uh, 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 Lord don't, Lord said, trust in the Lord. And they not to you know what I'm saying. They he he wasn't not he was not doing that. Amen. <laughs> Could I say one more last thing here? Uh, we must we understood here. This is a test, and the I guess where the Lord was showing the not uh, uh don't soul, but the people because we back in the scripture the people chose him. This is what the people mm -hmm. want. They rejected Samuel. They rejected the Lord. And, and 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 this is what they want, and and sometimes you have to be careful what you ask for, and we know why the Bible say why they ask because they want to be like the other, you know, the nation and stuff. You know, they want a king, they want a physical king, which at all long God was protected them through prophets and things, but they want to they, they want that physical something they can lay hands and can see. And so this was a lesson. This lesson not only for them, but even for us today. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. And let me uh, and let me uh, just sum up uh, the lesson. And uh, and if there are any further comments, we can we can go on. But uh, so in these last two verses, and I love all the comments that were given. These last two verses, it, it's, it's just so sobering because when you look at this lesson, you'll, say, you'll see a situation prior to, prior to the situation, during the situation, and then after the situation, right? That's how I kind of divide it up. It was like a pre-test, <laughs> pre during the test, and then after the test, so to speak. Now, if you look at it that way, it started, it goes all the way back because there's a message for us individually, but there's also a message for us uh, for a church. Yeah, a message mm -hmm. for the church collectively, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and it's interesting because like, we go back to uh, chapter eight and we see a situation where the, the folks, and around the uh, fifth, fifth verse of the eighth chapter, they said, give us a king to judge us like all the other nations here. Right. And this, this is an encouraging thing for an individual, and, and an individual as well as a, a leader as well. So these next verses, Samuel was displeased with their request and went to the Lord for guidance. Do everything they say to do, the Lord replied, for it is me they are rejecting, not you. You hear that? 
They don't want me to be their king any longer. Mm -hmm. Ever since I brought them from Egypt, they have continually abandoned me and followed other gods. And now they are giving you the same treatment. Do as they ask, but solemnly warn them about the way a king will reign over them. The people weren't rejecting Samuel. They were rejecting yeah. God, right? Mm -hmm. And even as leaders or, in the, or even as Christians in this walk, if we are trusting and obeying and the situation seems dim and folks are coming to us sideways, you know, it's not something that we can say we are being rejected. It's God that's being rejected, right? If you're doing your part as a leader and it still doesn't seem to like satisfy people and they want something different and they don't want you, they don't want what you're doing, it's not a matter of you taking it personally. If you're in God's will and trusting and obeying, it's the plan that God has that they're rejecting. It's not you, right? So prior to the situation and prior to the test, God's going to give us all that we need to go through it. He's going to give us all the tools and resources, as many other lessons have uh, has told us, that we are going to have all that we need to, to get the job done. However, during the test, that's prior to the test, during the test, when we are being tested, are we going to rely on what he's given us? Or are we going to be like Saul, where our, our, our vision get blurred and, and we began to focus on the wrong things and then all of a sudden we abandon all that the Lord has given us and we abandon it and we fail the test. Because if that is the case, then there's going to be a result. There's going to be a result. See, when the people asked for a king, this did not take God by surprise. Way back in Deuteronomy, God said they were going mm -hmm. to, uh, it was going to be a king. This mm -hmm. wasn't a surprise when they asked for a man to be their king. They didn't take God by surprise at all. God knew it. And, and when Saul failed this test, it didn't take God by surprise. He already had next in line. He already had a ram in the bush. Mm -hmm. And he had a man yeah. after his own heart. Yes, and that man was David. He already chose David. He already had David lined up. A man after his own heart. The, the, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. It always goes down to, are you going to trust and obey him? What's mm -hmm. in your heart to do? You, the scripture says, protect your heart right? Protect your heart. you got to protect it because in, and in the 12th chapter, the 12th chapter of 1 Samuel says, serve the Lord with all your heart. You got to serve him from the heart. See, and if you don't, tests and situations are going to bring out what's really in your heart, what's really in your heart, and it's going to start oozing out. We'll mess mm -hmm. out 
or will praise ooze out. Amen. See, mm-hmm. will yes, obey, sir, obeying, will that, will that be what your heart sings? Lord, I will trust you. Mm-hmm. Lord, I will obey you. Yes. Or mm-hmm. will it be something like, you know, rather than here am I, will it be where, where's mine? Mm-hmm. See, so leaders don't be discouraged, you know. It's saying don't be discouraged, you know. God, God's got you. In this time of testing, God has already, if you just wait faithfully, God has a solution already. That's what this lesson is saying. It's saying, church, church, God has given us all that we need. He's given us all that we need. He's prepared us for this task. During the time of testing, it doesn't seem like we, we, we have all we need. <laughs> It seems like we lack in, in every aspect, and mm-hmm. we need this and we need that. But this lesson tells us God's got it all Amen. under control. He already has it lined up. However, <laughs> how are we going to get through this test? It can change and shift the results. It can change and shift the results. Mm-hmm. Amen? Because Amen. the truth is, is that uh, on the other side of through, we, we can be through if we don't do what God wants us to do. And Amen. That's the lesson. Amen. And I'll just park it there due to time. Give it back to Sister Ratcliffe. You don't have to park it. I mean, you can just go on. <laughs> just that good. So we thank God for you. And uh, at this time, um, we're going to ask there are any announcements sister marnie regarding choosing of tuesday night's bible study did you have an announcement yeah just a reminder that um this tuesday we're going to be um uh actually having a sunday school lesson um and it was sent out a remind which one we were having um i don't have it in front of me to know what the scripture text is Um, But following this Tuesday on August the 11th, uh, we are going to be discussing um, why we believe the Bible to be true. Um, And there was a video that was sent out for you to watch ahead of time for that. So that's not for this Tuesday, but that's for the following Tuesday. So I just want to remind you about that. So Sunday, this Tuesday, we're going to be doing a Sunday school lesson. And the following, we're going to be discussing that video? Yes. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, anyone else or anything else? That being said, we will um, ask Elder Watkins if he will dismiss us in a word of prayer. All right. We'll go ahead and... and uh dismissed with prayer at this time. Uh, Dear, kind, and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you once again, Lord, for allowing us to be able to come together, Lord God, uh, to study your word, Lord. We thank you for our teacher, Lord. We thank you for uh, those who uh, participated uh, in this lesson and those that were here uh, attentively listening, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us health and life, breath and strength, Lord giving us a mind, Lord God, to continue on and not just take this Sunday off, Lord God. For Lord, we know that uh, we need to be able to uh, be equipped, Lord God, for for the task ahead. For Lord, uh, as you called Samuel and as you called 
Saul and as you called David, Lord God, uh, for great purposes. You have also called each and every one of us uh, for great purposes, Lord God. And, and the only way that we can fulfill that is to uh, to have the whole armor of God. And, and we know, Lord God, that uh, we must have the, the helmet of salvation. We must have the breastplate of righteousness, Lord. We, we must have the, the belt, Lord God, of truth, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Lord God, and, and the sword of the spirit, which is uh, the word of God and the shield of faith, Lord God, which pr protects us against all of the, the fiery uh, darts, Lord, that come to us, not only from the, the devil, Lord God, but from the flesh and, and from the world as well, Lord. We ask right now, Lord, that you would take this word, hide it in our hearts, that we might not sin against you, that we would uh, meditate on it day and night, Lord God. Uh, and, and Lord, we're asking right now that you would help us to be able to share it with others, Lord God, to take the good news, Lord God, to others, Lord God, in this last and evil day. Help us, Lord God, not to be a mere um, uh, component of the culture around us, but to be change agents in the culture, Lord God, uh, to let our light so shine before men that they might see our good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for all that you have uh, allowed to transpire today, and we ask right now that you would continue to bless our going out and our coming in, Lord God, these favors these blessings we ask by Christ Jesus. Amen.